0: Hello friends and welcome to another episode of the Board Game Shenanigans podcast where we review the games we've been playing and discuss board game related topics. My name is Bob.
1: And I'm Natasha.
0: Alrighty, this week we are going to be reviewing some games that we played on the Dice Tower Cruise, which probably will be what we're doing for the next handful of weeks. Because we've got so
1: many new games.
0: Exactly, it's a good thing. It's a, it's a, it's a positive thing that we're doing that. Uh, in this week in particular, we're going to be taking a look at first empires and then Ora and then our discussion topic this week we're actually going to be delving into board game accessories.
1: Ooh, I'm excited to talk about this.
0: Not like components, but accessories.
1: Accessories. And th- this this episode was inspired by a friend of ours who we game with that is uh the accessory king. He has all the accessories. And some of them are really quite impressive and add a lot of value to board gaming. So I'm excited to talk
0: about it. I'm interested to hear your opinion about this because coming from somebody who's super minimalistic that you are, Mm -hmm. it boggles my mind that you're like, yes, I'm all about board game accessories when you won't even like buy upgraded components for the games you own. I mean, you know?
1: to be fair, I don't own any of these accessories, but I I just think they're really impressive, and and I enjoy it when other people own them and I get to use them.
0: Oh, fair enough. Okay, I can see that. <laughs> um, today is actually kind of a special day, though. <gasps> it's Natasha's birthday.
1: Yeah, I'm 29.
0: Net- lies, <laughs> lies. Oh wait, I'm supposed to agree, right? Like you're yes. not supposed to. You're not supposed to ask women their age.
1: Yes. No, I'm telling you, my age is 29.
0: Sure. Okay. Today. How okay? How many times in a row have you turned 29? Because that's relevant.
1: I mean, a, a few. <laughs> it might be a few.
0: Why 29? Do you not want to be like? Do you not want to be in your 30s?
1: Yes. Although I will say, life has has improved with time, so it's not that bad as I thought it would be at at this age. Like I am pretty happy with my life. At 29. How, at 29. However, <laughs> I am 29. only marching towards my inevitable demise, which makes me sad.
0: Is it, So this is kind of a milestone birthday for you. And I'm I'm curious because I have one coming up. Can I tell him what you're turning? Can we, you, you can, can tell him
1: what you're turning because I okay. am not.
0: All right. Fair enough. Uh, It's a milestone for me because I'll be turning 40. So I'll no longer be in my 30s. 30 is no longer the new 20. 40 is the new 30, Uh, I guess. I don't know. It it feels weird to say that I'm gonna be a 40 year old individual come September. I don't feel 40. You know, it's hey, weird. Well,
1: because when you were growing up, like 40 was like like 30 was old. You know, like 30 year olds.
0: Well, to 30-year-olds. to my eight year old kid, I'm ancient. You know, yeah. and the thing is, I'm getting those like I'm getting the gray hairs in the side of like on the side of my head. Like I'm just getting this like sea of gray hairs or whatever. Mm-hmm. Ah, whatever. It is what it is. Part of getting older. So wear it as a like badge of pride. You know, I earned these gray hairs. Actually I didn't. They were developed from having kids. So I don't Mm -hmm. recall having gray hairs before children.
1: Well, that might just be a coincidence.
0: (laughs) Probably is.
1: But hard to tell.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. Take that how you want to take that.
1: (laughs) Yes, such is life we age on whether or not we like it.
0: That it is a thing, unfortunately. Uh, so you're, even though this is your day of birth and you should be happy and excited and like, yeah, it's my birthday. Um, you don't appear to be, so we're just going to go ahead and move on into board games. Let's talk (laughs) board games, shall we? Well, I've been
1: preparing for this big day. (laughs) I have been preparing mentally, knowing how much, how much of a disaster it would be. And so, because I've been like keeping my expectations down so low, um, thinking I was going to be, you know, really sad and depressed. It's been a nice day. I will say I've enjoyed the day.
0: Like, why do you feel like it was going to be such a bad day that you had to, like, spend time, mental energy, preparing yourself for today?
1: Because I am always sad on my birthday. Like, I mean, once you turn 29.
0: As many times as you have. (laughs) As many times as I have.
1: (laughs) it, It just hits you a little bit differently. And I just don't like reminding that I'm aging. I don't like that. I don't mind my age. I just don't like the fact that it's going to continue. You know, I told my I told my family, if I die young, like, you know, in the next decade or so, the next couple decades, if I die young, at least you can take solace in knowing that I never had to had the misery of growing old (laughs) and thinking about my doom. Like it just hopefully if I die, young, it will be quick. You know,
0: I that's I think that's the worst part is when you're as you're getting older, the things you thought you used to be able to do, you can't do anymore. And it's so I you I feel so old saying that. Like I remember hearing my parents say that and I'm like, oh that's never gonna be me. And now no, there's certain it is things all of
1: a sudden and we're not old. Like we're not even old yet.
0: No. No. But
1: it's I mean, growing old is not for the week. I mean it's it's a tough not yet. I mean I'm not you have got I got another another I mean, maybe halfway there before things start to get tough. But
0: <laughs> I bet you're more than halfway.
1: (laughs) No, no, no. My life will not get tough until.
0: Yeah. Yeah. How many times are you going to turn? All over. Like, are you eventually going to stop telling people you turned 29 and just come up with like a new number? Or that's just going to be your standard?
1: I'm like 29.
0: All right. You do you. You know, that's fine. All right. Let's talk about some board games, shall we?
1: I feel 29 in my heart. Yes. Let's talk about board games.
0: (laughs) I feel 29 in my heart. Nice. All right. uh, Let's talk about First Empires. This is a dice-rolling territory game designed by Eric Vogel, art by Jeremy Fleury, and published by Sandcastle Games. In this game, players are leaders of different empires trying to achieve objectives, increase five different tracks to score the most victory points. Players will be playing a certain number of rounds based on player count, and each round players will take one turn, which has three phases. The first thing a player will do is roll dice. Each empire is slightly asymmetric at the start of the game, but players will roll as many dice as their dice track shows. Then players have a chance to re-roll some or all of their dice. How many times they can do this is based on the second track on their player board. Once players have finished rolling and re-rolling, the next step is movement and conquest. Players will begin with so many meeples on the central board, and now is the time where you can move them. How many moves a player get is based on the third track on their player board, and in order to conquest an already-owned spot on the board, You simply need to have more meeples than your opponent. For if you conquer a space that has another player's city token on it, you take it because it's going to be worth victory points at the end of the game. The last thing a player will do is advance on the five tracks. So we've talked about three of the tracks already, but there are going to be two more. One is the achievement cards. So as you move up this track, you're going to gain additional cards that that you can fulfill for points. And the last track is explorers. This indicates how many meeples you can have out on the main board. One thing to know is that if you are conquered, you don't actually lose your explorers. They retreat to a different spot where you have other explorers. In order to move up these three tracks, the dice you rolled will have icons on them that correspond to the different tracks. If you have a die with the icon and you also control a matching spot on the board, you can move up one of the tracks. Moving up these tracks gives you points, and when you reach certain milestones, you will place one of your city tokens onto a space you occupy. At the end of the game, you count up your achievement cards you fulfilled, any city tokens you won, the points on each track, and any of the city tokens of yours that are still left on the board. The player with the most points wins. I think what makes this game fun is rolling those dice, deciding what to keep, what to re-roll, and then trying to move your meeples out onto the board in order to occupy those territories to move up those tracks.
1: Okay, let me tell you what I like about this game. Tell me. I like the tracks. It's it's just tracks. And I like that you do your actions kind of in the order of the tracks. First, you roll your dice. Well, how many dice do you roll? Look on the track. And then you can re-roll them based on this next track. And then you can uh, um, uh, move based on the next track. I really like how that just is like super easy and clean. It's, it's It's area control, but it's area control per turn. So you just kind of move your things around this turn. If you can conquer somebody, cool. There's an advantage. If they have their token there, you could get to take the token. But, like, really, there's kind of no harm in, like, to the other person that you're conquering. They just move their workers, and then on their turn, they're going to move out again. So I like that. You're not, like, losing workers out on the board. Right, yep. And I like... I really, I really like how everyone has a different board to start. They start on different spots on the board. They, as you move up the tracks, you're moving up differently than the other people. You know, you might, it might take you a lot longer to, to get new dice, but then you can get new cards easily. You know, you can spend your cards to kind of manipulate the dice if you don't get good cards that you can't use to, co- you because know, cards will give you bonuses if you can complete them but some of them are harder than others. You know, and you can kind of decide based on what you roll and where you go, like, what you want to focus on. It's just this delightful little game that just is is quick, it's easy, and it's got some fun decisions, it's got some, you know, it's very tactile cuz it's really just roll the dice and see what you can do with the dice. But but it all just kind of comes together in this really nice little package.
0: It flows really well. Yes, I really I agree 100% with the tracks, the fact that they you kind of just move your way down the line and it, perform your turn based on how the tracks are And then at the end, if you increase the achievements, achievement cards, or the explorers, you can put them then populate the board with, you know, your explorers and stuff. I really like all that stuff. The other thing, too, is the turns are fairly quick. Mm -hmm. They are somewhat engaging, too. You are paying attention to what somebody's rolling because Mm -hmm. you don't want them to roll an icon that corresponds to a a part of the board that you control Mm -hmm. because they'll probably try moving into that to take it.
1: Mm -hmm. Because you got to be in that area if you roll the dice, you need to be in the area in order to get the the advancement of the track. So you got to move yourself. So it's not even about like kicking somebody out. It's about you just needing to be there.
0: What I, I do like too, is there's a little bit of tension with, okay, what tracks do I move up? So here's the thought process. Okay. Rolling more dice is good. The more dice I roll, the more things I can do. Oh man, but I have five dice now, but I don't have enough people to like you know, put out on the board. So I'm going to, all right, I'm going to bump up my people. Okay. Well now I have all these people, like where, how am I going to, like, I need more movement. I need to be able to do more. So maybe I'll, I'll move up this track so I can move Mm -hmm. up. Ah, but the, you know, rolling five dice is cool, but I, I really need to roll the things I need to roll. I'm going to bump up, you know, my, uh, re-roll track, but then I need to make sure I'm getting these achievements. So now like it's striking this balance between all the tracks Mm-hmm. about which ones you're going to go up. That said, sometimes I found myself not being able to make the decisions I want. The game kind of just dictated what I could do.
1: You're very limited to what you can do based on the dice you roll. Yes. You want to go up the purple track, you need to roll purple. Otherwise, it doesn't matter. You're not going to be able to do it. I think in that way, the game, um, because of the they have different boards each turn and because you're really relying on the dice, the roll of the dice, it's not going to get samey. You're really just rolling dice and seeing what you can do with it. I think that it's... Because I think if you had more control over it, you would kind of end up taking the same path and doing the same strategy every time. So for me, yeah, it's not going to work out the way you want. You might want to like heavily invest in um, getting lots of cards, but it just doesn't work out that way. I think that makes it good because of the way the game flows.
0: I do like the fact that each empire is slightly different than the others. Mm -hmm. It's not like... Completely nine and day difference. So, for example, one Empire might roll to start four dice instead of three, or they might get three movement instead of two, or mm-hmm. they might get three cards instead of two, that kind of thing. So mm-hmm. I do like that. You do have some manipulation with the dice with those achievement cards. So there are five tracks. So each track has an icon on a die, and then the sixth icon is a sword, and that sword you use to help conquer others. So if, let's say, Natasha had two meeples and I had rolled a sword, I could move two meeples into that space and I would conquer it because I have an extra, essentially, person because of that sword. Mm -hmm. And What you can do in the first phase of rolling your dice is you can discard an achievement card to turn any dice into a sword. And then at the end, when you're advancing on the tracks, you can uh, basically chuck an achievement card to flip it to an icon that you want. So there is some manipulation there, but you're also getting rid of potential points in order to do that
1: yeah those cards are hard to come by unless you're really moving up the card track like you might only i i think i only discarded one at the very end of the game because i knew i wasn't gonna be able to achieve it anyways
0: i discarded all of my cards to to manipulate the dice partly Mm -hmm. because they were so i was like there's no way i'll be able to achieve these just based on how how everything was kind of going in the beginning there was just certain, like, they was like, occupy so many of these territories. Well, I wasn't in a good position in order to do that.
1: Yeah, I, I enjoyed the game. I was pleasantly surprised. I, I think I went into it with um knowing it was going to be a light game. It wasn't going to be too complicated. It was, we played five, and I think it probably took us about 45 minutes, including teach. I, so I liked it. I was pleasantly surprised at how much I liked it. I didn't mind, you know, getting kicked out. I thought it was really tactical. I didn't mind... Rolling the dice and and just making use with w- what I got.
0: Yeah, and surprisingly enough, even with chucking the achievement cards, I uh, there was a, it was a five player game, but the the scores between like you won at fifty four and then it was fifty and I tied with forty seven with another player. Mm-hmm. So it's not like we were completely far off from being within striking distance of winning. I I I don't think you necessarily need the achievement cards. It's just one of those things that you can pursue. Like this game, I'm going to do more achievement cards than other things
1: Mm-hmm. i focused on completing my achievement cards and then i really focused on trying to get up just two tracks
0: this was also the game where i was like somebody was about to like take over my territory i was like whoa whoa, whoa, whoa. you know that's not the best move for you and uh i just didn't i wasn't able to like sway her <laughs> taking over yeah. my stuff but that's all right i could try right that's that's part of the game that's part sure. of the fun uh what are you gonna rate this game?
1: Um, I don't know. I, I'm kind of floating between a seven and an eight. I think I really liked it. I I really enjoyed it for what it is. I don't. I I um. You know, it's not super interesting and and um complicated, but I liked. I mean, I, I'd get it out and play it anytime. So, I'm I'm thinking an eight. I I enjoyed it quite a bit.
0: Uh, I'm coming in at a seven. Um, that seems to be my like number of choice with a lot of games, but mm-hmm. I enjoyed it. I don't think there's. You know what? I'm gonna say a six and a half. And here's what I here's why I'm gonna say six and a half. I'm gonna change it slightly. It just doesn't quite have enough tension for me. I want oh, it was it's so close though. It's really close to having that tension that I like. And if I didn't have like a turn or two where I felt more like, okay, this is just what I'm gonna have to do because this is what I have. Mm
1: -hmm. If
0: I didn't feel that way a couple times, I think I would bump it up higher. It's it, I think it's a good game. It looks it looks great. I really like the components on it. I think it's an overall good game. And if somebody was like, "Hey Bob, you want to play this?" I'd be like, "Yeah, I'm down." Mm-hmm. Am I going to own it? No.
1: Yeah, I I'm not I I don't disagree with you. There, you're right. There is no tension. And I think my expectations going into the game is probably why I enjoyed it so much more because it sure. was an area control game. And I was like, oh, I like this. You know, this is this surprises me. I, I, I thought it was just a lot of fun, little fun game. Not brain burning, not not too much tension, but I enjoyed it.
0: Yeah, you know, who's this game for? Like, if you like those lighter interactive games where you're just chucking dice, kind of seeing what happens, Mm -hmm. I think this is actually a really solid game for that.
1: I think it'd be great, like, at Target as, like, a a mass market game.
0: Yes, I agree.
1: Easy to teach, easy to play. It's it's got enough luck in it. You know, it'd be a great family weight game. You're not going to destroy people that are just learning the game, you know?
0: To give you perspective on how easy this game is to teach... So we sat down. It was originally going to be a four player game. And then we added a fifth player after Z Garcia had taught us the game. And he goes, Don't worry, I'll walk you through your turn. So he took it, like he started, we all took the turns, and then it went to the fifth player. And he's like, All right, this is the things you do or whatever. And she picked it up. Like she did all the things, she manipulated all the stuff. She's like, All right, I'm good to go.
1: Yeah, there was no reteach.
0: Didn't need to. Yeah, didn't need to. I, that's the thing. I think there's going to be times where I'm going to enjoy a game like this. You know, sit down with my family, maybe just chuck some dice, see what happens. You know, something like that. I think it would be a solid game. So that is First Empires.
1: All right. Next, I want to talk about Oracle And I'm can't. I'm not i not going to be able to help myself from comparing the two because I think it's, it also kind of falls in that same weight category. So this is designed by Bruno Catala and Johanna Scoopy. The arts by Paul Mafon. And it's published by Pandasaurus Games here in the United States. I think it's uh, published by a few other publishers as well. It's an open drafting, tiling, race to victory points game. They describe it as a short 4X game, but I think that's kind of a bit of, bit of a stretch. Yeah, mm-hmm. I don't know about yeah, like, I don't know necessarily that. with that. It's it's a very light and you're kind of like developing tiles and doing a little bit of fighting. But So on your turn, you're going to draft an action card. It's got that common mechanic where the first card is free, the second one costs resource, the third one costs two, so on. On each action card is a random terrain tile on it. So you'll take the card, you'll add the terrain to your map, and then you perform that action. There are four different actions. One, you can produce orichalcum, which is a resource in the game. You'll get one for each of the mines you have on your board. You mostly use the orichalcum to buy victory points. You can... Um, Another action is you can recruit hoplites. You use them to capture creatures and to pay for those action cards. The third action is to collect creatures. Every time you take a terrain tile with a volcano on it, it comes with a creature as well. And you, can, um, you can't you can build on those spots until you capture the creatures. And you can't win the game if you have any creatures on your board. So this action is kind of fun because it lets you use this one action to fight all of your creatures. You fight one at a time. And as long as you win, you can kind of keep fighting them until you lose or until you capture them all. Each creature will give you all some special kind of benefit, and then you can use your creatures, couple, two creatures, to get an extra action. The fourth action is to construct, and that lets you build special buildings on the board that could give you a special power. This is where you'd spend your RR calcum for your victory points, or if you have four adjacent tiles of unique territory, of unique terrain, you can build a temple, which also gives you a victory point. The other fun thing that you can do is draw the attention of the titans. You do this if you have three terrain tiles of the same type together. This gives you a temporary victory point and a special ability that you probably want to use that turn because those Titans are easily distracted. As soon as someone else builds three, they get the titan, so you kind of want to use it right away. Uh, What makes this game really special is I literally just taught you the entire game. I didn't skip anything in the game. You could you could just start playing it now. It's very similar to First Empires in that it's it's easy, it's quick, there's there's something, it's very familiar. There's nothing really new and exciting here, like your the action selection is very common, the tiling is very common, the, the fact that you want different terrains, but you also want the same terrains, you can construct special buildings, really basic buildings, all of it super simple, easy to jump right into, snappy turns, first to five points wins the game
0: streamlined that's the best word i can use to describe this game is streamlined it is just very fast quick here's your thing do it done next you yeah. know drawing a card doing a thing if you want to and the, the what's nice is the cost doesn't necessarily make it so incredibly difficult to buy the action that you want yeah which i think is cool It has an interesting mechanic of changing first player as well so it's based on whoever has the most um Hop lights, That's and really then cool. and then it goes to them, and then uh the person to the left or right gets an extra hop light. I if I remember correctly, because now they're going last, mm-hmm. so it has an interesting first player um kind of rotate the way it rotates. I think is cool.
1: I can't help but compare these games to King of Tokyo. The mechanics are nothing like King of Tokyo at all, but I think they are kind of fall in that same category, where they're they're light, they're fun, they're snappy. Um, there's a li- there's enough luck in here that really anybody can just sit down and start playing it. There's just not a lot of complexity, but there's still a lot of decisions that you're making, so it really feels more interesting opposed to like you know a game of Uno where you're just kind of going doing through the, the same motions. Thing. Yeah, yeah. I feel like they kind of both fall in the that same um, King of Tokyo box, I guess.
0: Just those fun, quick, light strategy games. Yeah.
1: I like, I'm not a big fan of King of Tokyo, but I like both of these a little bit better just because I like the mechanics better, you know, and and I like having a a little bit of luck. You know, there isn't as much luck with this game because there's some luck with it rolling the dice to fight the monsters that there's, that's pretty heavy in luck. Um, but it's, it's just fun. Like who cares, you know, and there's a little bit of luck with the tiles that are drawn onto each of those action tiles, you know, just a little bit of randomness that way. But overall, it's just easy, snappy. What's not to like.
0: Yeah, it's it's pretty it's a pretty quick game. Um normally I'm not a fan of race to a certain number of games. I think I I think I've beaten that horse dead, but mm-hmm. a game like this I think is I think it's fun. It was it was a good time. It was enjoyable. It was one of those things where I didn't have to concentrate so much on what I was doing that I was still able to engage with other people. If that makes sense. Yeah. You know, like I was able to, because Mike Delisio taught us this game and we were able to, so it was nice to be able to just like interact with him and not be like, all right, hold on. I got to think about my turn. Yeah. You know, it was just, fu- it was, yeah, it was quick. Um, I do like, I like the God thing because if you create this big space, you you grab this Titan and then all of a sudden somebody creates a bigger space so then they steal the Titan from you. No, they you. don't
1: even need, here's the thing, they don't even need to create a bigger thing. They just need to create three. They're like the Titans are like, oh, I'll go over here. You've att- attracted the attention of the Titan. Yeah, it's 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 fun. Like I, you've got this decision about what action tile to make, so you you are going to pause and think about what to do. But it's not brain burning. It's just like no, oh, this will work. You know, I, it's just everything just works. It I think a gr- again a great family game, a great intro game. This is another one that belongs in the shelf of Target. This is this should be a mass market game.
0: The artwork's really good in it too. I really like. It's a pretty yep. looking game.
1: Yep. I don't like I don't like Helcom because it's hard to say and like you don't really remember what it is. It's based on a mythological metal, you know. It's a little it's a little out there. Like that's my only complaint, but whatever.
0: I mean, it's come on, like at this point, like what else would you call it?
1: Yeah, I don't, I
0: don't know. You know, like it's yeah. The names... Theme is
1: the theme is nice and the artwork is nice. It's just it's, it's just a hard word to remember. Like it's gonna be hard for people. To at remember least the
0: name. at least it's not Teotihuacan. Yes, it is better than that. <laughs> I could pronounce this one you could definitely pronounce this one yeah it was it was definitely a fun It was a fun game. The decisions were mainly like what card you pick, and the nice thing about those cards is it's the action, it's the tile, and then sometimes it's the monster, mm-hmm. so you do have some interesting choices, like okay, like I could take this tile, create a three uh area, and then that will give me, but that I'm going to, I'm going to have to take that monster and I'm going to have to kill it before I, you know, before I'm able to achieve victory, that kind of thing. I think that's Mm -hmm. interesting. I love that you can buy extra turns so you can be like building up, building up. And then all of a sudden, like do an explosive turn and gain like two or three points. And then at one point, I think I had three points. Mike might've had one. You had like two. And then all of a sudden in a turn, Mike got like two or three points or something. Mm -hmm. So it's like these cool swingy moments in the game, too, which is fun.
1: Yeah, there's there's like um you could compare it to like Phil Walker Harding games as well. Yeah. You know, they're they're light. They're fun. I think Phil Walker Harding does more puzzly style games where these ones um, First Empire and Oracle Calcom and what why it reminds me of King of Tokyo. They're more like I don't want to say dudes at a map style, but they're definitely less puzzly and more of like actiony, I guess. Sure. Yep. There's a little bit of a little bit of combat. I mean, you could hardly call it combat, but a little bit of like of back and forth in that sense.
0: Yes. Yep. Agreed.
1: And I I like it. I I'm gonna give it an eight. I enjoy it quite a bit. I was pleasantly surprised. It was just easy, fun. Nothing not to like about it.
0: Uh, I'm gonna give it. You're gonna hate me, I think.
1: You can give it like a six and a half again.
0: Yeah, I think so. What? You know what? I'm changing my I'm changing my rating of I'm changing my rating of first empires. Um. I'm going to give that a seven, and this one a seven. I'm giving both sevens. I like okay. them. I like them both. Oracle um, is one of those games that, like, I kind of just need to be in the mood to race to a point victory in order to do it. I think I'd rather play First Empires, edge it out.
1: Mm-hmm. But
0: as I'm sitting here thinking about it, they're both hundred ex- percent, like you said, they're both in that space of just quick, fun, light game, mm-hmm. and they just. F- they, but they scratch slightly different itches. If you want something more interactive, First Empires is a better game mm-hmm. for interactive with people. If you want something that has a little bit more puzzly aspect of what you're doing on your board and you're still chucking some dice, you know, Orochalcum is probably the better game for that. Mm-hmm. But I'm going to, I'm so I'm going to switch. I'm going to, I'm wishy-washy, I guess, today. Sorry, guys. It is what I it is. I think it's
1: hard for you to give a really good rating to a light game. I think you struggle with that. Although you do. What did you rate King Domino? That's one of your favorite lightest games.
0: Uh, let me I see. mean, as much
1: as you gush about it, tell me your rating then I'll tell you my opinion of what you should be rating it.
0: Nine. I'm giving I give I give it a nine.
1: OK, that's pretty good. But <laughs> it's like your favorite light game. It should be a 10. You just don't give it a 10 because it's like it's a simple light game
0: yeah I can can to like can't.
1: whole you need to like rate it on its own it's not you're not comparing it to Great Western Trail, you know that you barely even given that a ten
0: I gave no I gave that one a ten okay here's the deal with like the whole rating system. It's funny because I'm part of a book club and my my best friend we've been friends since fourth grade he's part of it with me, and him and I always we've not given a single book a ten yet and Everyone else in the book club has given tens, and it's like this running joke that whatever score we give, you add one to it because there's no perfection. yeah, it's like I extremely think that's fair. difficult to have a ten. Mm-hmm. And I've been thinking about this like rating system a lot lately like because we rate our games, and then like obviously, like I could have a my top ten games of all time, and not all of them are going to be tens, shouldn't they be all tens? if I rate a game a nine and it's not on the list, like why shouldn't it be on the list if I give it a nine, but it's sometimes like a game like that. I can appreciate a game and I think a game's a nine, but it's not necessarily the game for me. Maybe. I don't know.
1: Then I don't know. Then like I'm going to get,
0: I'm going to get in so much trouble for rating games. Like I should just yeah. not rate games.
1: Just just own it, Bob, it's fine. It's fine. You can rate them. You just know that I think this rating is that it's that it's a light game and and I think you need to know that going in like if you're expecting this to be some kind of deep, heavy strategic game, like you're gonna be disappointed. you know you need to manage your expectations with what you're doing.
0: I think it part of it is i it's hard for a light game to break for me because I enjoy the complex, heavy game so much,
1: yeah. I do too, but I enjoy playing light games. All right, so who should who should check out this game? You should check out this game if you're looking for a light uh, game to teach your friends. You know, a good welcoming game, um, a good family game would be interesting. And if you like having, um, you know, a lot of lighter games in your collection because you get them out. This is a great like filler game. You know, this is great if you've got friends over that don't play a lot of games that are overwhelmed by, you know, heavy teaches and stuff like that. That's the type of game. Or if you just overall like playing lighter games, I would recommend it. Both of these games, actually. Yep. You could go either way. All right. That's Aura Calcum.
0: So that's going to wrap up the games we're talking about this week. Uh, Pretty much take my ratings and add like at least a digit to them. And that's probably what they should be. Uh, yeah, that's just the way I am. My bad. I think a
1: lot of people think the same way. I think you're 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 helping people, um, manage their expectations with this. A lo- I think a lot of people agree with you.
0: I think I'm probably more confusing people than I am anything else. Like, why is Bob giving this game a seven, that game an eight? I don't know. Like, because it's all it, made up. None of it matters. That's <laughs> whose line is it anyway? Nice reference. All right. Well, we're gonna take a break. but When we come back, we're gonna dive into some board game accessories.
1: All right, welcome back, and let's talk about board game accessory. What do you need to buy right now for your board games to make your gaming experience better? Okay, let me start off by some things that I have actually bought in, um, bought and
0: purchased. Okay, bought. And.
1: Okay, homemade. I made. I made it. Um, a uh, game inserts. So broken token, they do game inserts. Other ones you can three D print them. You can make them out of foam core. I have um, made I made one for castles um, of Mad King Ludwig because it's got all those tiles. It's you know, all that, and so I made my own. I got foam core and I cut it out and I like pieced out each each thing and glued it into the box. And I hate it. It was such, it was so much work, and it doesn't offer me, bring me any joy. Like, it doesn't make sorting any easier. It's still difficult to get it out. Not a big fan. I think the broken token ones and a lot of those specialty made ones are really good. And they're really nice when you can like kind of bring the whole thing out and just ready to play the game. They're great, but they're so expensive. I just, I just don't, haven't invested in any of those. For for me, they're not really worth it.
0: The broken token ones, especially the, any of the wood ones are, uh, they can get pretty pricey, but the, there's a company that makes like those foam core one, kind of. And it's folded space. Hmm. They these ones are quite a bit more affordable than, let's say, the broken token. One of the other things about the broken token ones that I don't particularly care for is the amount of weight it adds to the box, because those things can get heavy. Yeah, and get super heavy. And not that it's that big of a deal, but it's just one of those things that, like, a game all of a sudden you grab it off the shelf, go it weighs like fifty pounds. But those uh, folded space ones are actually really nice. And I think they're really well designed. And the, thing, the funny thing is with all this like new folded space, broken token, all these different things, companies are now trying to step up their insert game mm-hmm. in, their, in their boxes. And you even see it in like, you know, game trays for uh, Kickstarters and stuff like that, right?
1: I'm not, I'm not a fan. They're fine. I think they're 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 a deluxe experience if, if you like them and they're easy for you to set out your game, that's great. But for me it's it's not as important for some games.
0: My biggest thing is if I'm gonna get an insert, that insert better make setup faster. Yeah. That is my that is my number one thing. Like
1: And tear down. Like I don't wanna have to slide a bunch of tokens in a row, like tiles in a row and set them in this thing. I wanna just throw it all in a box.
0: Pretty much and the the one that I think about the most is so I have the folded space for Great Western Trail. And what you can do is you literally just pull out a tray and you hand it to somebody. Has their starting deck, it has their starting building tiles, it has all their meeples, it has all their discs, Mm -hmm. has everything they need. And they can just keep it right there. And then each resource or each tile one, two and three, has its own little like box. Not box, but like open box that you can put that you have them in there so you just set it I just set them next to the board and I can pull out of those to set everything up. Something like that I think really improves setup. But then you get a you get an insert like a uh, Wayfarers of the South Tigress, the one that came in the box. Ugh. That thing is awful. Awful. Mm-hmm. The worst. If you have to
1: put individual tokens and set like vertically set them up and like line them up. No. They need to be a bin for everything. If it's not yeah. a bin for everything, don't bother. I do not want to slot in tiles.
0: You know what's a one of the funniest inserts I think I've ever unboxed in my life is Baron Park. Have you seen have you seen the insert for Baron Park? No, I haven't. Okay, so <laughs> I, I struggle to call it an insert. It's literally so as you're punching out the tiles, there's like two like two or three like long pieces that you connect together and all it does is make small little compartments in the box. Yeah, no. It and it's you. Well, you make a T kind of, but you have to angle it inside the box, so then it has three separate spots that you put tiles in. Okay. Like it. it why even waste the cardboard for something like that? Yeah. I saw that. I was Just like, you have gotta be kidding me. Like, and that thing is like, uh, even something. Oh, man, I have a lot to say about this. Apparently, even uh, Return to Dark Tower. So I have a lot of the you know miniatures and stuff like that for Return to Dark Tower. My wife and I have been ha- I have it set up and we've been playing it and I'm getting ready to just like throw the insert out, just bag the minis and just consolidate it all in one box because I'm just sick and tired of like pulling trays out and doing all this other stuff like, yeah, it's cool, but uh,
1: yeah, it's it so yeah. annoying I take my minis all out of the inserts and throw them in a plastic baggie. <laughs> Maybe they get bent, but that's life. Uh, that, I don't
0: know. Mini, miniature quality is a lot better. It's not like the old days or whatever, where yeah. it's flimsy plastic.
1: All right, let me let me talk about an accessory that I love that I do did buy and I um love it. Um, it's a neoprene mat, and I have like a generic large one that I just keep on my table. Like it's just a space theme, and I play everything on it. It's so nice to play cards and and throw dice on a neoprene mat yeah. instead of like a wooden table. And you can buy those at conventions. You can get like big ones and smaller ones. I like the big ones that take up like the whole table or like a big chunk of the table.
0: Yeah, there's so many places that do those now and yeah, good neoprene mat. Mm.
1: You just put it right on your kitchen table and now you can it's just easier to play cards.
0: So at one of the things I like at Origins is all the tables have like a like a game toppers neoprene mat sitting on top of it. Mhm. And I really just enjoy that so much. The fact that Every single one of those tables has that mat on it. It just enhances. the It's so much the better than
1: like they used to have the tablecloth on there. It's so much better. It's it's just really nice to plan a mat, and it's not expensive. It's something you add to the table, and yeah, I highly recommend those.
0: Yeah, the ta- yeah, they're nice. Yeah, I like I like them quite a bit.
1: Another one that I really like having is a, a dice tray or a dice tower where you can throw your dice in. It's nice to. It's not as important if you have a neoprene mat because you can roll it. They don't go flying as much on a mat as they do on a hard table but if you don't if you play on a hard table definitely get like a dice tray or a
0: dice tower i don't think that's necessary as a as a D player who loves to chuck dice nah i'm out no thanks i, like I don't it. need no dice tower i don't need no nothing i, I, I don't need none I, of that my get it out my, of here i don't want it
1: my son is a big dice thrower you know, so like keeping the dice contained in like a a tower is really nice. And then he has the joy of throwing it in the tower. It's all in the nice little tray. I I like the dice tower. But I agree it is optional based on your preference. And I think a neoprene mat would be fine. Then you wouldn't then you could chuck the dice and they wouldn't go flying.
0: So, I, I will say I'm not a fan of dice towers. But that said, playing like Stuff Fables with my family you gotta roll some dice, and my daughter loves i made a uh, I made a dice tower out of like um uh, hydrostone, so it looks like a tall castle mm-hmm. and she she's just like every time she's like, "Dad, can I get the dice can I get the dice tower?" I'm like, yes, you can get the dice tower, but it's nice because again she doesn't like chuck the dice mm-hmm. anywhere, but like
1: they're well contained,
0: yeah, for sure, and then my wife will like she'll roll the dice, and if she's rolling poorly, then she'll start using the dice tower, thinking like it could change the outcome of how the dice roll.
1: <laughs> <laughs> You need a magical dice tower.
0: Uh, indeed. Sure. Yep, yeah, indeed.
1: Okay. Another one that I really like, um, little trays to put your cubes in. So I would say like just some generic ones that you can set on the um, one of your bookshelves in your game rooms. And then every time you play a game, you can get all these uh, trays and then dump your um, cubes and pieces in. I needed it for Pandemic. Uh, legacy when we were playing that because all of a sudden like by the end of the game we had just tons and tons of different little pieces to the game and we were leaving them out and it was just in a big pile and it's just really nice to have all the pieces contained in a tray and i know you can buy these ones that they're like squared they're squares but but the edges go out and then on the one edge there's a um a, it's like got flat spot so you can you it's literally for you to like stick your fingers in and then slide the cube up it slides it up in this little ramp in the corner, and they're just like perfect. I love them. And they come in all these colors, so then you can get out what choose out whatever colors to match the cubes. If you play a game with a lot of cubes, you definitely have to have these little plastic, um, like cube holders, so just little trays, but the but the little edge on them, the little lip on the edge, you can get them out easy.
0: There's a even just something to contain cubes. I've seen people use uh cupcake, like the little cupcake wrapper thing, yeah. I've yeah. seen people use that, but the the ones that are like almost like aluminum foil I've seen yeah. people use those, and I think that's a really the clever ones, yeah, yeah, real clever idea to use those for that, yeah, the cube thing is nice. I know we have certain games that I have like little boxes with the like components in it, so mm-hmm. then we can just pull we can just open it up and again, part of it is just easy setup,
1: but the boxes they have to be like they have to be wider than they are tall, like you need like really. Like, they don't need to be yeah. big. You want them to be small, but with a really short lip and the easy to get your fingers in and grab them. You don't want, like, a, those, um, like, fishing box box ones tend to be a little too deep for how small the boxes are.
0: Oh, sure, sure. Yeah. Tackle box. I can see that. So that's what yep. I'm thinking. Yep.
1: And want them a little bit wider. I want them, like, two inches by two inches with, like, a, a half-inch lip or something.
0: You're very specific about the kind of container for cubes that you want. Yeah,
1: make sure you get the right ones. Don't get a weirdly shaped one especially if you have fat fingers
0: you are so snooty when it comes to board game accessories i'd never even would have expected this you're the snootiest right now like i'm like yeah whatever and you're like no no it has to be two by two not too tall not too short got ourselves mm-hmm. a regular goldilocks over here you know it needs to be <laughs> just right
1: you know when you play with like really nice components it i mean accessories it really makes the experience better
0: Says so the person who doesn't, like, get the... any Okay, anyway. <laughs> Here's another obvious you, yeah.
1: one. A set of poker chips to replace all your stupid money ones. Whenever you have stupid money. One that you can just set out and then you can add to any game. But they need to be labeled park, poker chips. Like, they have to be labeled, like, ones, fives, tens, you know?
0: All right. So we played Brass Birmingham with Wendy and our buddy Marty on the cruise.
1: Mm-hmm. And
0: that it was the copy that had the iron clays in them. Mm-hmm. <sighs> Man. It was so nice. I, I'm i like probably going to buy them. Mm-hmm. I just like, I, you know, having a chance to like play with them and use them in the game because you have to stack them on your little like player token. Uh, it was so nice. They were chunky. Just yeah. Yeah. There was something about it. I think I'm mm-hmm. yeah. Especially like, like if you're playing them.
1: like Power Grid and it's got that paper money, you get out the poker chips. You can use the poker chips. You can replace them for anything. Poker chips are just nice because um, they 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 stack really easily in their little container, and it, they're easy to like get in and out of there. So you're constantly putting money back in and taking them out from the bank. It's just they just are really nice. As opposed to like you could have like coins that you could just add to any game, and those are nice too. But you want you know a container to put the coins in. Where this just comes in a container, easy to grab. They're big. Chunky. Okay,
0: we're going to do a side tangent here. Uh, would you rather real quick? Okay. Would you rather have iron clay poker chips
1: mm-hmm.
0: or metal coins?
1: Okay, it depends on the game. In a game like Brass Birmingham where we had to then stack the money up and we use that information later, 100% poker chips because a pile of money wouldn't make it a lot of sense. In a game where there's a lot of change, like inside there's a lot of change, you're just, you know, taking coins back and forth, small little coins, perfect. You have a pile next to your side, but they've got to be in a container, not just laid out on the table like a, like a, like a,
0: like a, like a a bloody savage. Okay. (laughs) yeah so um except. we That's haven't played so not, we haven't played would you word. rather board game edition in a while so let me re let me reintroduce you to the rules you have to pick one or the other you can't just say it depends okay, on the tell game Tell me a
1: game and then and then i'll tell you if i'd rather no, have coins in, a va- or...
0: in, a, in a vacuum in a so clear i vacuum. think the
1: answer is very clear like you need both
0: you well know, so here's my question to you then but i guess so, if you
1: had to choose then poker chips
0: you're gonna pick poker chip, well, because they're gonna. You can use them they'll work everywhere. for everything. Yes. Okay. Here's my. Here's the thing. So metal coins is considered mm-hmm. an upgrade component, mm-hmm. right? Yes. Is a poker chip an accessory or an upgraded component?
1: Okay. If you put the poker chips in a game, it is a component. If you put the poker chips on your bookshelf in your game room, it is now an accessory that can be used with all of your games.
0: Hmm. Interesting. Okay. That's okay. the difference. I see the logic. I see you. All right. All right.
1: All right. Uh, Obvious one. Here's another obvious one that I really 100% need to invest in and I haven't Um, is a holder for your cards. Like, think Ticket to Ride, you slot your cards in, you can look at them all the time, you don't have to constantly flip them up, it holds them up. Everybody needs card holders, myself included.
0: I'm surprised you don't have any.
1: I know. I just haven't bought in them. I should really ask them for... For christmas
0: honestly norm could make you them it's I not that him difficult him it's not that difficult you like you literally just them, grab yeah. a yeah grab a piece of wood just you know cut uh cut a line down the center and there you go you have it
1: i'm gonna ask him that because especially for max because he constantly you know likes to have his he doesn't like to hold his cards i'm he fortunate enough
0: that my major gaming accessory is my board game table and yes. i have i i have the ability to it's recessed and i have the ability to put um panels on top and when i do that there's a gap so i can just slide the, if i'm ever playing with something on top i can just slide the cards in that little gap so i kind of have it without actually having it which is That nice. is really nice.
1: You're right though. I need to ask and get one of those made cuz that would improve my life quite a bit. Here's my hot take. Ooh. I don't love board game tables. Okay. Because I feel like they're too tall for me. Like my arms have to be up here, and then I have to deep down, go down into the like the well of the table. They're just too high. I'm not a big fan.
0: Interesting.
1: Mm-hmm. I like flat surfaces. I prefer to play on your table when um, you have the the topper on it. Hmm. I mean, not that I dislike it and don't like playing at your table or board game tables. I just don't. To me, like, sounds like um, you hate
0: it, but I mean, that's besides the point. <laughs>
1: Because even my husband's like, "Why don't we make you a table?" And I'm like, "No, I to me they're not worth it. Like, they're they're wonderful, and and people I totally understand why people love them, and that's fine. But to me, like, I I no, I like regular kitchen table is just fine.
0: And that's the thing is, I don't think a if I my hot take, I don't think a board game table is necessary. I think mm-hmm. it's an extravagant luxury that I just I was fortunate enough that I was gonna build one. And then a very good friend of mine slash customer, he's a carpenter, and he just ended up doing it because he was like bored and needed time to kill. I still to this day like I just it boggles my mind that he did that for me. But mm-hmm. you know, for what the number one thing that I love about my board game table is, I can have a game set up underneath, put the topper on, and then have a game up above. Yeah. So for example, right now, as it if you would walk into my game room. The toppers on, on top, we have Dark Tower set up with the expansion because we've been playing it, my wife and I. Mm-hmm. But as soon as we put all that way and lift it up, I have Stuffed Fables already ready to go underneath because we've been playing through that with my daughter.
1: Yes. I love being able to le- leave a game out because it's so much easier to then just sit back down and play it. Or you can stop, Like especially when you're playing with kids and they're, all of a sudden they're just kind of over it. You need to just stop and you don't have to pack it up. You can just leave it all out. So I do recommend the table for that reason, but if you're like me and have a big basement, you can just get two tables and that works too.
0: Yeah, I mean, I know for the longest time I used those folding tables, especially when I played D anD D. I would take two of them and put them together, mm-hmm. which was like perfect. Like I could put my battle mat down; everyone had their own space. It was fantastic. the The other thing with having games set up, what I'll do is if let's say I'm hosting a board game day, what I'll say is okay you know, these are a couple of the games we're going to play. And what I'm going to do is I'll set one of the games up underneath, put the topper again, set the other game on top. So it's essentially the same thing. But now we can transition into the second game that much faster. It's already set up. All you got to do is move the table and boom, we can start playing. I love it. That's the yeah. part I love the most.
1: Yeah. Th- those are all great uh, reasons to get a, a, a board game table. But the Neoprene mat, that that really like gives me the feeling of a nice... The feel of a board game table, except for you don't have the the drink, the cup holders. That's really nice about a board game table. You're not spilling your you're not spilling your drinks.
0: And I do have a bottle opener for sodas. All
1: right, I got something that I think I might pick up to bring to your house when I come over. And now those are um, little I don't even know what you call them. They're like little tongs for your fingers, so then you can grab um, food. With these little tongs and not get your fingers dirty. That's a board game accessory.
0: Um, yeah, I mean, I've seen them. I've <laughs> I, seen. Am I that people bad? People use them. Am I that bad?
1: So then I don't have to lick my Ugh. fingers because my fingers are always clean.
0: You shouldn't lick your fingers anyway. That's disgusting. What you need to do is just have like a like a moist towelette or a paper towel there and just wipe your hands off. that. my, my tongue's moist. That works. Oh my god! Oh my god! Gross. <laughs> Gross! I'm not actually gonna buy one of those.
1: Just kidding. Kidding. <laughs> All right, another one. Another one. Okay, this is 100% something that everybody who teaches games needs to buy. And I saw this just a few weeks ago, and it blew my mind. And I was like, 100%, you need to buy this. A pointer. So like a when laser you're teaching, pointer? just a pointer. You could be a laser pointer, or I think a a real actual pointer is more fun because you can go click. And hit, and hit things with it. And you, so when you're teaching you games, how
0: do you go? How do you go? Click. I mean, it's like, okay, I gotcha. Yeah. Okay. That's it. Okay. So got you.
1: you can teach a game, a big game, <laughs> and you don't even have to bend over or reach over. This is especially helpful for somebody like me who have short arms. A pointer, and you go right here. See this, this, um, you know, iconography, this, you know, or here. You just, when you're teaching a game, you need a pointer. Everybody needs a pointer, and they're so fun to use.
0: I'm going to go one step further on you and say you don't necessarily just need a pointer. What you need to do is get one of those extendable back scratchers that are the little hands, little <sighs> metal hands. Here's why, because you can use it to manipulate your pieces. So you can use it to teach and then afterwards like I have a friend who uses it all the time when we're playing uh D&D. He'll take it to move his mini where he wants it to go because sometimes he yes. doesn't want to reach over somebody or as a as a DM I'll do that. I'll like. I'll use it, and I'll be like, "All right, this guy moves here. This guy moves here." Instead, of, like reaching over everybody, I can yeah. just manipulate it that way.
1: I know. One time I was playing, um, and I had this fancy shirt on, and it had these big puffy sleeves. And I'd reach over and I'd knock things over with my sleeves, and people are getting frustrated with me. Pointer problem solved.
0: You do act. There are times where you're like a bull in a china shop when it comes to a board game. Like you'll be knocking stuff over all the time.
1: Yeah. Yeah. Anything. Where I stay back like in my chair and not like lean onto the table is a good thing.
0: You're just clumsy is what it is. You're just clumsy.
1: I mean that's that's one way of, of saying it.
0: I have one board game accessory that I would like to bring up that I think people should have. Okay. And it's not so much an accessory as it's probably I'll describe it more as a kit. and that is the board game sewing kit. We've Ooh. talked about this in the past. You need to have in your game bag, a bag with bags in it. So when somebody's just like, Ugh, I need a bag. Boom. You got a bag. Mm. You know, the other thing I'll do is when I sleeve a game, a lot of times I'll take the extra sleeves that are still like left over and throw it in the game. So mm-hmm. if for some reason the sleeve breaks, boom, got extra sleeves.
1: So like a, a first uh first aid first kit. Aid, first aid kit. For, you could keep pens in there because you always need pens. Like, oh, you know, games don't always come with pens, you need pens. What else could you keep in there? That's where you'd keep your poker chips, obviously
0: your bags you you know what you could do is you could also have like just extra cubes for whatever reason
1: mm-hmm to replace you know, you... sometimes you don't want to use the whatevers in the bag yeah, a little little kit with everything in it you might need
0: some dice so you can roll for who p- first player is
1: that's that's an option yep
0: yeah. mm-hmm, there you go. there you go. we solved it <sighs> done
1: uh, oh a quiver i've been seeing these a quiver. You can take all of your little small games and put them in this quiver, and then you have one box with all your little small games in it.
0: It's basically like a glorified uh card storage container, but a box. big one
1: yeah, but a nice one like with nice uh edges that are hard.
0: It's a hard case for cards, but it's long
1: but a big one you can you can put like ten card games in it
0: i mean yeah small the games. Th- the funny thing is of all the things you've listed here today, the quiver I'm just like nah. There's no need. Yeah, you like keeping all all
1: your games in boxes, though. You'd never get rid of your boxes.
0: I don't know. I might consider it. It depends on how much space I have left once I'll, you know.
1: Usually, when you go to board game night, you're bringing like one or two small games. You're not bringing like 10.
0: Well, part of it is I approach game night differently now than I did, let's say, four or five years ago. I remember four or five years ago, I'd bring a game bag full of games and I would never play them. So now, (laughs) what I do is I'll bring like one or two and then a filler game that I know sometimes we can just get in because we're waiting for somebody like it right now. It's like Scout and mountain goats are always in my bag. And then it's like one or two other games, specifically if we've decided like I'm going to teach a game or I'm bringing a game, we're playing it. Then I'll bring that game and maybe something else. But I mean, Mm. everyone's just chomping at the bit to get some of the new, their new stuff played anyway.
1: All right. Uh, Are there any other ones you can think of?
0: How about a board game bag? a bag specifically designed to hold board games
1: overrated they're okay they're really nice i agree that they are really nice however what do you end up doing you end up filling up this whole big board game bag full of board games and you lug it all the way down the game store and you might pull out one or two of your games i quit doing that to game night i'm i bring like two games i grab just a. store generic grocery store bag and put two games in. I'm not because those those games can haul a bunch of games, which is awesome. And if you're hauling a bunch of games around, by all means, get one of those bags. But like I find it silly to haul a bunch of games around because I don't they don't, I don't play them all.
0: I unfortunately might have to agree with you slightly on this. Uh, and it pains me to do so. Um yeah, here's the deal. Samesies. Samzees, I have found myself when I start bringing games to game night, I fill up a Cool Stuff ink canvas bag. Those of you who have been to Gen Con or any, not, not even just Gen Con, Origins, anywhere where cool stuff is present, mm-hmm. you know what blue bag I'm talking about, that nice one with the nice handles. Yep. I've been bringing that because it can fit a game or two and t- like a couple card games. When I start bringing my board game bag is, well, I, unfortunately, I have two board game bags because I'm pretentious like that, I guess. <laughs> but when I when I start bringing that is when I'm bringing heavier games. So, for example, Mosaic. If I'm bringing Mosaic, it's going in that gigantic bag. And I yeah. have... So, I have bags from Board Game Tables, which I think is all play now. But they... So, they have uh, one that's just like you can stack the games up. And then I have one where it's like wh- like not as tall but wider.
1: Mm-hmm. There's
0: like the two... I have the two versions. But, yeah, I, I just find I don't bring it because then it's just like it i log around this heavy thing that i never use so, yeah i agree yeah.
1: i i i do use mine when i'm going to go away for a weekend and then i want a bunch of games and and that's great but i don't like hauling a big box of games around it just ends up being too heavy
0: for me fair yeah
1: All right. That's our show for this week. Thanks for listening to our shenanigans. Join us next week. Um, Leave us a review and check us out on Instagram or Facebook. Send us your questions to boardgameshenanigans at gmail.com. Thanks for listening,
0: everyone. See you next week.